Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a overtime loss episode of the Giant Take Podcast, something I did not expect to enter the intro with today. I'm going to be completely honest with you. A 13-10 loss for the New York Giants. We're recording here at 9.30 on Sunday night. It took a few hours to decompress and figure out what the hell we're going to talk about for an episode because, honestly, this game was an absolute disaster. Trash, not just the weather-wise, but also the play on the field. Nothing worked out. We had injuries. We had a third string practice squad, Syracuse alum. I'm saying that because I go to Syracuse quarterback entering and playing in this game. However, the New York Giants coaching staff didn't even feel confident for him to throw a single pass past the line of scrimmage. And to lead it all off or top it all off, this team blew a lead with less than one minute left. And end up losing in overtime. Because they were up a field goal. And what do you know? They end up losing by a field goal. My name is Josh. And I'm joined by my friend and my co-host Alex. Alex. I'm a. I'm, I'm at a loss for words. And um, I'm very tired. Not just from my fun Halloween weekend experience. But also just because of how bad this team was today. I want to send it to you uh, for obviously the question that we're all wondering, how are you doing? Uh, But on top of that, what did you think of this negative nine passing yard Giants offense today? Well, first of all, I'm doing good. Thank you for letting us know about your weekend. And (laughs) um, the Giants passing yard, eight minus eight, you said? Add one more on. It's, It's minus nine, actually. Oh, minus yeah. nine. It was yeah. intriguing, I would say. Um, I was interested by that stat. Um, Saquon Barkley obviously got a boatload of the carries, 38, I want to say, uh, touches total. Not carries, 38 touches, about 33, 34 carries, I want to say. And, uh, yeah, without him, this team was not going anywhere. To be fair, they only got 10 points, but... Just terrible execution at many points in the game. Obviously, we had that fourth and one early uh, that Dable decided to not go for. Instead, kick the field goal. 
Graham Gano ends up missing that field goal because of the inclement weather and also the fact that his uh, left leg is injured, clearly, because uh, he is not right at the moment. And then um, also um, you have late in the game, fourth and one once again. And I mean, I think the field goal is the right decision at that point. But you've got, you know, at that point you're waiting, like saying, Gano, please, like it's 35 yards. Please kick this. This is basically an extra point. Uh, extra points, what, 33? Uh, so two more yards. Like, come on, please just get this in. And uh, he misses, obviously, the Jets set up on the 25-yard line. And, um, yeah, it's just a, it's a, it's a rough one from there. And, you know, they get pretty lucky, all things considering from that point, um, you know, with the, the cave on, jumping off sides, uh, which gives them, which lets them stop the clock on that pass. Uh, and just overall bad uh, from a defensive standpoint on that. And then overtime, you know, was overtime and the offense couldn't get going. and The defense, uh, you know, was just not very good either. And it all kind of collapsed at the end. But yeah, with 20, whatever, eight seconds left, I was celebrating in the, in the um, whatever, I guess, sports bar that I was in watching. And I was sitting there, the Jets fans were devastated. I was all happy. And sure enough, I was the one who was devastated at the end. While they were all chanting G, whatever, J, whatever their Jets chant is. I'm not J-E-E-S, even going to repeat it. Drow, draws me down. Jet, best, yes, best. yeah. Anyway, and who knew there were so many Jets fans in Boston? That was a really interesting and one for me. threw you off a little bit? Yeah, it, it did. Because, like, Patriots and, like, Jets and Yeah, well, rivals, all the Patriots like, fans are right would... now crying in their own beds and, and probably were during that No, the Patriots after. fans were nowhere to be found, actually. It was pretty yeah. funny. They were, like... Silent I mean, that, in the that's entire, what happens. Like the play in the same that's time. what happens when uh, your Bill Belichick is is getting a little off there and in and, and age and, and maybe ready to call it quits and retire as your team lost another game today against the Dolphins. But so did the Giants, and they also stink. So, I think really, honestly, the main takeaway from what I saw t- today, if I'm going mutual opinion here, is that both of these teams absolutely suck. I mean, Zach Wilson was competing with quarterback Tommy DeVito. And both uh, quarterbacks, besides the final drive in the fourth quarter, looked horrendous. I mean, they looked like even 50-50, up, you know, like um, opposites of each other or like similarities between each other because none of them were able to get uh, any good passes. And again, though, Tommy DeVito wasn't even, you know, it wasn't even designed for him to get the ball thrown off the line of scrimmage. So with these negative nine yards passing, the last time a team was so terrible with passing, you go back to 1977, where the Philadelphia Eagles had a game with negative 13 passing yards. Um, Alex, you already touched on it, but the, the Graham Gano field goal is just an unfortunate, or field goals, plural, uh, misses is, is just, it sucks. Um I just your whole job as a kicker is to nail through the uprights and and when you're not able to do the one job whether it's windy whether it's rainy you know the conditions you're a football player you go through them you know year after year and for Graham Gano who is a veteran himself uh I believe in his younger 30s um he's been this week a league for a while now I think he knows what's coming um just not able to adjust and and injured or not that's your job and I understand the Giants are put in a situation where they can't go out and and sign a backup kicker you know that's not that's not something you do um but it it just sucks 
it's also it's also really rough because this is a game where the margins were so thin uh, that you know we couldn't really afford those misses in this one. Say maybe in a couple of games last year where uh, you know the margins were a little bit bigger and you know you have room for error. But when you have an offense that's as slow moving as this, and once you get past say the thirty five yard line, uh, you really need to get at least three points on the board because uh, you're not going to get down there often and. The Giants were a good example of that today because I think they only got probably past the 35-yard line three, four times maybe uh, where they were able to actually try to put points on the board. So that, that's where it was especially damaging today, especially when you got your third-string quarterback in. Alex, let's talk about um, are you okay, ready? So so last week you went crazy with your defense to offense wrong transition. I'm going to talk to you about it here live right now. Should we start? We can go offense, defense. I can't talk about no, the defense no, 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 no. Uh, offense last. Gonna make Ready me cry. for this? What if we add Ooh. a section in the beginning, the injury section? Or should we just talk about them since they're two offensive players that are the main injuries that we go into? No, nah, we could just talk about them in the offensive Let's section. Let's start out with I that, like. the there offense. I'm going to start out with the injury, though. That is Tyrod Taylor, uh, the Giants' backup quarterback because the Giants' starting quarterback, Daniel Jones, might have a season-ending neck injury. Whoa, what a surprise here. Ian Rappaport comes out this morning and says that Daniel Jones' injury might be a threat to the rest of his season. This is very similar to the injury or like what it seems like, even though Daniel Jones says it's a different part of the neck. Daniel Jones had a neck injury a few seasons ago, and it seems like the same thing, where the Giants week by week are not ruling him out for the rest of the season, saying, oh, we'll see what happens, and then he just never got cleared for contact, and that's what's been happening so far this season. Even though Ian Rappaport is one of, if not the best of the best, football beat reporters, you never know. Uh, Daniel Jones could very well be back by the next week or the week after that, but it seems like we keep on saying that every week, and he is not returning. So I don't know the exact specifics with Daniel Jones, besides the fact that he's still not been cleared for contact. He does go on the Kay Adams show every week, and then you know proceeds to give nothing to Kay Adams either, even though she does do a good job, and I do respect Kay Adams for trying to push an answer out of him, but we know how stoic Daniel Jones is. He's not going to say anything. I mean, even in her segments where she tries to get him at least somewhat excited about, like, I think at the end of each uh, week I always watch, it's, um, I think she has him give her a movie to watch, and they talk about it the week after, and, like, I think one time he was like, yeah, I think you should watch the Dodgeball movie. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I was like, Seriously, like you don't get any more excited. Like she's asking you to pick a movie to watch. Like it's an exciting thing. Like you love like movies are a great thing. Like who doesn't like movies? It's he's not a movie guy. My God, I guess. Well, I think he is a movie guy. He just has no emotion. Like he doesn't show it. He's like (laughs) a monotone robot. Um, It's like a generated AI voice. If you took me and was like, okay, make this guy literally sound like he is bored out of his mind. Um which I hope I don't sound like this on the podcast. Uh, (laughs) Let's talk about Tyrod Taylor, though. Very scary sight uh, today as he's going to actually spend his night. Or, yeah, he's going to... Is he going to stay there through the night to run tests? I have an update from Jordan Ron on at 8.40 saying he'll spend the evening at Hackensack Medical Center. That means he's not spending the night. The evening, he'll be back. He's probably just going to be there till late, if that makes sense. So he has a ribcage injury... And he got sent to the hospital during the game. So the news came out in like the second half saying Tyrod Taylor is on his way to the hospital, which obviously sent Giants fans into a panic mode. 
uh, not just because Tommy DeVito was coming onto the field, but also because Tyrod Taylor was in serious medical, you know, it was a serious medical issue um, for the Giants quarterback. And, and when you take the sport of football and you combine injuries, but when it's something that could seem like it's life-threatening or, or, you know, threatening to the future of someone's life, that that's where, you know, it comes into question and, and worriedness um, begins to occur. So without him and Daniel Jones now, it's going to be Tommy DeVito starting unless they sign a veteran off of the waiver wire or the, uh, the free agency um, waiver wire. I'm thinking fantasy football over here. Uh, I haven't even done my research to see the top QBs available in free agency at this current moment. But they brought in Matt Barkley. Didn't oh, they yay. Matt Barkley. Elite QB play. Well, Matt Ryan makes a return. RG3 Kaepernick. RG3 still wants a chance in the NFL. I mean, he shouted out people here and there. Um, he No, I he actually shouted out himself, I believe, is what he did, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, interesting. That would be fun if he returned, but not Carson for the Giants. Carson Wentz, right? Oh, my God. I remember when he texted me that there was the uh, the fake Jordan Ronan account, the, like, the, what, what do you call fake account? Uh, burner? Like the parody? Yeah, not burner. Parody, burner, Burner's whatever you the, want to like, call it. Other thing where you have, like, a secret account. Yeah, so uh, the parody account, and you sent it to me, he's like, oh, my God, and I'm like, Josh, I don't think that's real. Um, yeah, it was pretty funny. Anyway, but, yeah, it could be a real Jordan Ronan tweet saying it was Carson Wentz's uh, signing with the Giants. Who knows? And we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Alex, you talked about Saquon Barkley, 36 carries, 128 yards, the only form of offense for the Giants. Like I said, and, and Alex, I want to hear your opinion on it as well. The Giants in their script of the game plan once Tommy DeVito came in was very clear. Do not throw the ball. We're going to hand it off basically every play. And and I understand why they're doing that. The stakes of the game are very high, especially in overtime. But when the Jets knew what was coming every play, it was one of the easiest three and outs you might have ever seen. The Giants had the chance to go down the field and win this football game. And I understand you want to do that with your best player on the field, being Saquon Barkley. But at least be a little more creative than that. The one creative thing was when they tried to do a screen and then Tommy DeVito panicked because he didn't know what to do because Saquon Barkley didn't get open on the screen. So he ended up throwing. What is going on with my lighting situation here? Do you see this? There's like a light in the middle of my like centered on here. But anyway. Yeah, I don't I don't know. What's I don't going know on what with that's that, happening. Right? It's like, like some thoughts are thoughts are like exploding yeah, my, out of my, if For everyone listening, it, like there's like a glare like right on my face. But anyway, I'll fix that when you're talking. Yeah, the I was one. in such a good flow, too. Um, Tommy DeVito panics because Saquon Barkley isn't open for the screen pass, but he doesn't know what to do because he's like, I'm supposed to throw it here. So he ends up throwing into the like scuffle between offensive and defensive linemen. Alex, I don't know if you remember this play exactly how I do, but it was... To Mark Lewinsky? It was yeah. Torture. I, he thought yeah, Mark Lewinsky was a running head? back? Yeah, yeah exactly. So uh, I, I want to get your thoughts on, did you think it was fair that Brian Dable and Mike Kafka decided, okay, we're going to give our chances all in Saquon Barkley's hands? Do you think they could have diversified it at least a little bit to maybe have Tommy DeVito throw maybe some four or five yard slants, like get him involved somewhat, give him like, yeah, sound I like, may, at least make it sound like you have some trust in a quarterback that you did indeed sign. Yeah, it felt like they just, couldn't dig they didn't believe that he could throw a five yard out route or a five yard slant like you said 
Um, and I think that was concerning. And should he be on an NFL roster if you can't trust him to do that? We saw him do that plenty uh, in preseason. So I'm a little bit confused. Um, <clears throat> so I'm a little bit confused as to why, uh, you know, he couldn't actually end up doing that in the real deal here in the regular season. But I guess Brian Dable might know better. Maybe Mike Kafka knows why. Uh, they didn't really explain it well in their press conference why, but maybe they they know something deep down that we don't. But yeah, I was not a fan of that. Uh, you at least need to, even if you're not doing it successfully, have the threat of you possibly doing it. Uh, and then you just do two like weird, like screenish kind of, I don't even know what kind of pass you call that, like out, like a little curl route to Saquon Barkley behind the line of scrimmage. Um, yeah, I it was just, it was weird, man. And it was not a good look at it's all. It's absolutely absurd to really say that we had negative passing yards. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. Like, you never would ever think about that. <laughs> Occurring in a game saying that, yeah, we're going to, yeah. like, going in, or, I mean, obviously never going in, but even coming out of a game and you're just like, what? Like, your team had negative passing yards. It's just an absurd stat line that, you know, Jordan Ronan picked up on, and, and ESPN stats, he said it has not happened or a team has not had more than negative nine passing yards since back in the early 70s. Record-breaking season. Record-breaking season. Record-breaking game on both sides as well. I have that info with the the punt too, Alex. I think there was like 21 punts this game. 24, 24 punts. punts. 24 punts, the most since 1988. I remember the stat from yeah. TV, assuming they're correct. Absurd. And again, that just shows how poor both offenses are. Um, another... You know, thing we can talk about here, and then we'll move to the defense. Is the under other injury I wanted to mention? Darren Waller gets ruled out of this game with a hamstring injury after kind of, I guess you could say, finally having Darren Waller esque games these past couple weeks. He then said to the media um, after the game that it's a different injury than the one he had. Um, it's a different hamstring injury. It's still a hamstring injury, but it's a different hamstring injury that he's been suffering with the past couple weeks. We knew when Darren Waller signed with the New York Giants, or I guess traded when the Giants traded for him, that he had injury issues in the past. It seems like every week, if not every other week so far this season, Darren Waller's name has appeared on the injury report. It's just kind of inevitable at this point. It's like you expect him to show up on there with some type of lower body uh, or just upper body, just any body part injured. Um, like it's going to happen at some point and it, it happens again today. This time he gets pulled from the game because of it. And um, it's just a matter of like, how long can this guy stay on the field? Starting to become an issue along with everything else, basically besides the defense uh, for this Giants team, Alex, anything else before we run to that? Um, I mean, Darren Waller, it's unfortunate, but to be honest, this offense is not functioning anyway, and it was always going to need to depend on the run game going forward, and uh, it's definitely going to just be leaning on Saquon Barkley's shoulders, um, which is very unfair, to be honest, on him, obviously, considering he didn't get the long-term contract he uh, you know, desired, and now he's putting his body on the line with 38 touches of this game, which is absurd uh, for you know one individual player. And, uh, you know, his body is getting wrecked and he's not exactly getting rewarded to it or rewarded for it like some other players are. So uh, that is, you know, unfortunate for him, but we are going to have to rely on him quite a bit going forward. Uh, but like you said, it, it's rough on the offense side of the ball. And I'll transition to the defense. I think the defense, they made a couple of, they were good throughout the game, but it's just these, I feel like 
they have these couple of just moments that they just like switch off. Uh, and that's the real like concerning part with them. You have the Brees Hall touchdown, uh, which obviously terrible tackling. It was like the tackling we saw against the Seahawks uh, or against the 49ers even actually more uh, that they just couldn't tackle anyone. And Jason Pinnock is like tackling the floor and like, uh, you know, Dory Jackson can't find it, you know, his hands to blah or to tackle like just overall terrible. Uh, and then obviously towards the end of the game, uh, just some mistakes in the secondary. Um, I'm not going to blame the uh, Dory Jackson PI at the very end of the game on him. That's just kind of, you know, it is what it is. Like it's PI, but like there's nothing you could really do about it if that makes sense. Um, because if that ball's not thrown, it's not PI. Uh, or if that if the ball is not underthrown, I should say not not thrown at all. If the ball is not underthrown, uh, then that's not PI. Um, so it's just it, it's a rough one there for the Giants. And um, yeah, overall the secondary has not been. Great, I feel like you know we've seen some good performances from. Well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna correct that. I think Banks has been very good over the past couple of weeks, uh, and I think he was pretty decent today as well. Um, Nick McLeod has been very very good for the Giants, a player that he's been getting more and more snaps each week. We'll have to see. Uh, Dan Duggan always puts it out a nice tweet of the Giants' snap counts each week, uh, so I'm interested to see if that went up, uh, you know, to pass the 50% mark. But we saw him a lot more in a lot of packages. Uh, and he has been really, really good for the Giants. So I think he's someone that no one's talking about right now. But Nick McLeod has been an, like a superstar on that Giants uh, in that Giants secondary. But Dory Jackson has been so disappointing, Josh. Um, you know, this whole defense has been performing really well. I'm going to leave the main big performer from today for you to talk about. But, um, you know, Dory Jackson, I feel like it's been really a, a rough season for him. Yes, he's on a lot of number one guys, but we've even seen Deontay Banks get transitioned onto more number ones uh, as time has gone on. He matched up a lot against Garrett Wilson today, for example, but just getting beat by guys like Alan Lazard uh, on a consistent basis today, and uh, he just looks like he's a little slow turning his hips and uh, just not always uh, you know, in the best spots uh, as a corner, and uh, I've been very disappointed with how he's played so far this season. I think he's someone who, uh, you know, I'm not saying he deserves hate or whatever, right, but uh, in comparison to the criticism uh, that, you know, certain players are getting this season, i.e. the player that you're probably going to talk about in a minute who got three sacks today, uh, I feel like he's not getting, uh, you know, he's not getting any criticism, uh, you know, for, I think, reasonably uh, subpar performances so far this season, and especially today. Alex was in a groove there. We're going to let him take a breath before we get to our key performer, and we'll take a break right now. I'll be right back. Okay, we're back now. We're ready to talk about him. We had to, you know, we had to take a deep breath. See how uh, to prepare for this segment of the podcast. It's the Kayvon Thibodeau segment because our first round pick from a couple years ago looked like a first round pick and a first round edge rusher with three sacks today, nine tackles, six of them solo tackles, and three QB QB hits as well, which is. I don't know if the sacks and the QB hits are are the same thing if they mesh together as one. Uh, I would assume so. But I remember listening and I want to give, you know, shout out to them because they're our friends in Talking Giants. And Bobby Skinner specifically in the preview pod for this um, upcoming game said, Kayvon Thibodeau, the whole thing with WFAN and Carl Banks and, and the show with, um, oh shoot, what was it on? Was it, uh, I think it was Tiki and... and Irony, yeah, right? it was. It was, yeah. By the way, look at that WFAN knowledge right there, Josh. Are you was proud? it Tiki and Tierney though, or was it 
um, was it? I don't. I, I don't, thought it was. I don't think. I feel like it was Evan Roberts. If it was, I get twenty bonus points right there for whatever. Well, Tiki that and, means. okay, sorry. Tiki and Tierney was the old show that it used to be. It's not Tiki and Tierney anymore. It's Tiki and Evan Roberts. Evan Roberts is with Tiki now. I think no. that. I think that was close enough. It doesn't matter. Carl Banks this past week was booted off WFAN during his weekly segment because the, the disrespect because he was the disrespect he was um trying to defend edge rusher Kayvon Thibodeau because whoever the host was I think it was Evan but I'm not 100% sure was discrediting him actually it might have even been Sal Licata. I have to stop talking now anyway <laughs> enough about the segment on WFAN Bobby was like hey listen Kayvon I know you probably saw our, uh, you know, how, you know, our social clip that went viral, us talking about you and, and talking about how poorly you played thus far. I know you saw in the media with the W. Shut everyone up. Go into this game. You're favorite on this offensive line matchup. They are worse than you are, and you can get past them. Shut us up. Shut WFAN up. Shut, you know, all these people up. Shut the fans up of the New York Giants that says that said you're not worth the draft pick and you're still not worth it. And that's exactly what he did. He went into this game and he did everything he needed to do and he did it right. He saw a matchup that he could win against time and time again and use his skill set as an edge rusher, did his moves that he needed to do to get uh, towards quarterback Zach Wilson, apply the pressure and get the takedowns and those necessary sacks. An absolute beast in today's game. And the highlight and key player, Alex, that you teased me for um, to talk about for in this one. I don't know what else you want to have to add on to this Kayvon Thibodeau performance. What I would say is you're going to look at the six sack, or six, three sacks, sorry. Um, you're going to look at the three sacks here and say, oh my God, he was amazing. But to be honest, that wasn't what was most impressive to me when I was watching him. Today, it was in the run game, how he set the edge dominantly. Uh, you know, he got a couple of tackle for losses, uh, it felt like, uh, against, or at least, you know, tackle for no gain, I, which I, you know, is almost as good if, you know, I guess you get a tackle for loss, right? If it's minus one yard, but if it's zero yards, you don't get a tackle for loss. But there's a certain uh, couple times where he's one-on-one there uh, on the edge with Brees Hall, obviously one of the most dynamic backs in the league. And he's taking him down. He's setting the edge well against a huge guy, right? We're talking Mekhi Becton, 6'8", 370-odd pounds. Uh, a huge guy and a really athletic guy, too, as we saw at the Combine a few years back with him. And he was just handling him in the run game. And I thought that was really, really impressive. And then, of course, you know, he wins. Uh, he gets a strip sack. Uh, and then he also gets a couple other sacks as well. And big sacks and big moments. And, of course... Uh, you know, the Giants win today and he is the hero in the newspaper, uh, you know, tomorrow morning. Um, but today, obviously, Jets win. Uh, so no one's really going to be talking about it. But we're going to give him on her, uh, his credit here on the podcast. So good for Kayvon. Uh, it played really, really well in all dimensions of the game, pass rush uh, and run game. Wanted to give him credit for that because that's what really stood out to me, uh, even besides the sacks. And, uh, you know, good for him. And hopefully he can, uh, you know, stay on track here rest of the season. So I think he's at, what, now eight and a half sacks, nine sacks. So uh, a really, really good season already. And say he can get up to that 15, 16 sack mark, uh, I think that would be a really, really nice step here in year two for Kayvon uh, after all of these people have been doubting him. And Alex, I know you talked about the defense, uh, or most of, of the defense already earlier. 
I, I do just want to give my take that you still have to give credit to them for another game of holding this Giants team in the game, especially with the poor offense performance and, and the negative passing yards and the Tommy DeVito uh, having to check in for the second half uh, and, and more than that, I think. Um, however, with that being said, you can't allow a team to drive down the field and get a tying field goal with 30 seconds left. You just can't. And I understand, you know, how the plays were dragged on and Wilson somehow turned into his uh, injured starting quarterback of the New York Jets, Aaron Rodgers, for a good 30 seconds. And then before that looked absolutely horrible, like former Jets quarterback, maybe Joe Flacco in his later half of his career, uh, not when he was, you know, better on the Ravens earlier in his career. You, he looked like Zach Wilson, actually, is what he looked like, to be completely honest. But also, yeah. you know what? I forgot to mention this. The Kayvon jump, the offsides that he had that really got them yeah, in, right? Course. If it's not for that, they throw that ball. They only have one play after that, and it's got to be out of bounds. But because of the fact that he jumps offside there, they can now take a shot down the field. They catch the shot. And, of course, it doesn't matter that it's inbounds because the st- uh, clock stops. And that is such a terrible yeah. mistake at a crucial time uh and that honestly um you know we're going to give him credit for everything else but my lord what a terrible mistake that was um and something that you know obviously he's going to have to keep in the back of his mind for the rest of his career because that you know practice you know when i think of like if you were to put obviously the blame goes to a lot of different aspects of the team but when you think graham gano is to blame for you know missing the kicks or whatever i think Kayvon thibodeau is just up there with that mistake you know that was really really bad and I was furious when that happened Alex this team moves to two and six now after this loss and the next game next week is a 430 start 425 specifically uh, the Giants are going to head to Las Vegas they're going to play the Raiders uh, another team that is struggling and then this game could could be another one that pulls on our heartstrings a little bit as the Raiders are going to this matchup three and four so not much better than the Giants at all I just Sorry, I got one more yeah. thing. Like you win this game, so I, I just, like I'm so like I know, I know, and I was back gonna, into it. Right I was now. gonna say something along those lines. Go ahead. Yeah, you win. You win this game. You're at three and five. You're thinking, okay, three and five is not great. But then you go to Ra- to Vegas next week. Is Jimmy? You know, it sounds like Jimmy G is gonna be back, but he's just back from that shoulder injury. I think it is. You know, shoulder injuries are always difficult. The Raiders have been bad all season. You could go four to four and five after that game, and. Then you're back in it. You're back in this NFC playoff race because you look at the play, you know the playoff teams, right? The Rams got destroyed today by the Cowboys. The Seahawks were in a close game with a PJ Walker-led Browns. Uh, what other teams? That, you got the Falcons with Arthur, Arthur Smith, who's one of the worst coaches in the NFL. My lord, he's terrible. Like all these guys and, and all these teams that you think like, hey, down the stretch, are they really going to be as good as they started? I don't think so. Of course, now when you drop to two and six, it's much more difficult. But um, yeah, it, it's a rough one. And, you know, if they had won this game here, you're going in with a lot of optimism. I feel like going to Las Vegas. Anyway, I'll let you go now. No, it's just I, it actually, it, you know, it's kind of along those lines of like you're back in it, but it's not even just back in it. It's holding on to our heartstrings in these games, you know, putting us at the edge of our seat. Obviously, it's just good football. Well, it's not good football. This, this game was horrendous to watch, but it, it's more like, uh, it keeps you engaged, right? The same thing with the game against the Bills. Like, at this point, if we're going to keep losing these games, I don't want to say I'd rather them be blowouts, but it, it just, it might, it, I feel like, Alex, it makes our job recapping the game much more easier and, and simpler 
instead of having a negative nine passing yard, Saquon Barkley filled Tyrod Taylor, like life threatening, what it seemed like, not life threatening, that's that's extreme, but you know, uh, injury that he goes to the hospital for that our third string Tommy DeVito quarterback comes in as Daniel Jones is already injured with a neck injury. Like all of these factors when I would be perfectly okay sitting here with a Jets 27 to 7 win. If they did that, it would be so much easier. Like we know the Giants sucked and the Jets were better and that's how it went. But no, the Jets win 13-10 in overtime because both teams stink and all these factors led up to it. It would be so much easier and it would make me honestly might even feel better. Like obviously it sucks, but it sucks so much more when the Jets drive down with goddamn Zach Wilson with less than 30 seconds left to tie it up for Greg Zerloin field goal. And, you know, you'd love to see your kicker actually do their job and make it within the upright. And then you have a chance to win the game still. Even though your defense just allowed Zach Wilson to drive down the field, they still have a chance to win. All you got to do is score a touchdown. I know that's easier said than done. But maybe get a first down to help yourself get down there. You know, that, that might be good, like one extension of the drive. They don't even do that. They don't even do that. And that's my hardest thing is they keep these fans engaged. And all those Giants fans that paid tickets to sit in the pouring rain that entire game for the team to lose on a game-winning field goal in overtime for the Jets. Because Adoree Jackson can't turn the other way. And I understand that's a terrible call. There's something he can do about it. But like that's how this one ends. Really? Really? So I I honestly hope for nothing more than if the Giants lose to the Raiders, please just get crushed. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's gonna be it's gonna be a nine seven thriller. Don't anymore. worry. About I can't it. wait until we play the Patriots, Alex, in a couple weeks, or not a couple. That's right? gonna in be the game of weeks, the century. In a few weeks when we play them. Like what? What? Oh my God! Yeah, it's what rough. kind of game is that gonna be? But think about it, right? The Seahawks game, it was, what, 24-3? to 3? We come on here, we talk 10-15 minutes, the Giants suck, whatever. You know, nothing really to talk about. And then here, we're sitting here for 30-plus minutes talking about all sorts of craziness that happened in this game. Uh, and, you know, one minute we're talking about how great Kayvon is, and one second we're talking about how he's, like, the, the worst player for of all time for jumping. And it's just it's just a really rough one uh, to sit here and talk Next about. Next of emotional of the Giants team, yeah. man. The Ugh, it's up. rough, and now, and now all week you think about all the shenanigans that happened in this all the, one. Every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yes, all the shenanigans that happened. When if they just got crushed, we wouldn't have to do that. That's what I'm going off of, Alex. I can't take it anymore. Stop making these games competitive. Why do this where we're in a game against the AFC East leaders in the Buffalo Bills on prime time? Why show all these people like, oh my God, the Giants are leading in this game. The Bills look like nothing. Josh Allen looks like he stinks. And then they still end up losing. Same against the Jets. While Aaron Rodgers and his mustache sit on the sideline with his hood up and his headphones in his ear. And I had to sit and listen to all these Jets fans and read them on Twitter saying, well, oh, we have Aaron Rodgers in this game. You're getting crushed. Well, you didn't. And yet they still won. With goddamn Zach Wilson. Oh my goodness. And I'm sure if Aaron Rodgers was in, then we would have like gotten crushed. Yeah, whatever, but he's not. So stop pretending like he is. You have a terrible quarterback in Zach Wilson, just like the Giants are going downhill right now. Don't give me anything about this win being deserved. I'm done.
I'm done. Oh, it's rough. I don't even have anything else to say. I'm done too. I need to go to bed. <laughs> All right. Well, uh... I can't even sleep after this. I can't sleep after this game. It's terrible. The Giants, my Mondays are terrible because I wake up with like two hours of sleep because I'm so angry. We're always recording, right? Usually because we were on so many freaking primetime games, we're recording late, I'm editing, whatever it is. And then I realize, oh, I got to go to sleep now. And then I can't even go to sleep anyway because the Giants are in my head. I think, oh my God, what is happening with my team? All my teams are bad. This is bad. Don't even get me started on the Nets the past two games. They've talked about pulling a Giants last second. My Lord, Luka one-handed three. I just, I'm close to jumping out the window next time I, uh, next time I watch one of my teams play. Um, yeah, Alex, it doesn't get much better than this. I mean, like if you, if you really want to, uh, kind of go that route too, um, you know, we can even talk about, actually, this is a Giants podcast. I was just going to say real quick. I mean, uh, for anyone who even keeps up with, yeah, actually, there could be a few Giants fans that are, you know, in the CNY area and, and follow the Syracuse Orange football team. We got absolutely obl- obliterated Thursday night against Virginia Tech, which now puts this team in a situation um, where they are 0-4 in ACC play, have lost the last four games in a row. I'm now a 500 record. Uh, and our head coach of the last eight years, Dino Babers, could very well be fired if we lose to Boston College on a Friday night. So... Maybe that'll be Brian Dable soon, and then Dino Babers of Syracuse football, and uh, Brian Dable can like head out to the Bahamas or something, get take a trip in Atlantis for a month because they'll both be unemployed head coaches in, in uh, their respective NFL and college football. That's a, that's a lot. I'm sorry. All right, that's that's time. I think uh, we thank you so much for listening and/or watching to our shenanigans of what we call a podcast here on the Giant Take. Hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening or watching. Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those places, five stars, and social media platforms are the Giant Take Pod, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Alex on Twitter at Inorian23. I'm on Twitter at JoshSolo29. Um, you know, I'm I'm waiting for Alex to tweet from his account some like exciting Ben Simmons thing, but Ben Simmons sucks, so I'm not surprised yet. We haven't seen that yet on the Twitter. Um, and yeah, I know the Knicks lost last night too, so that's why I didn't bring them up until just now. Thank you so much, everyone. We'll be back for a preview against the Raiders. So excited for that later this week. And um, Alex, final words. Cam Thomas, he's going to save New York. Thank you, everyone, for uh, you know listening, watching this one, whatever you're doing. And uh, I'd say have a good week, but it's going to be impossible after this one. And just just stop watching this team for your mental health. I you know please just just come listen to the podcast. And then just don't watch the game. It's just, it'll be better for you, I'm I'm telling you. So thank you, everyone. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.